So you can just open your Bible to Isaiah 53 and just leave it open for a moment. And I'd like to just talk to you for a few minutes. Many hundreds of years ago, there was a family that um, went down to Egypt. There were about 70 of them, an extended family. They were not Egyptians. They were the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And as they began to live in Egypt, things began to be very difficult for them. They multiplied, the families multiplied, but they had a prophetic word from God that they would be there for 400 years. So they lived in Egypt. Different pharaohs came along. Sometimes things were better, sometimes things were worse. But they, they became slaves, and they began building things, and things really became difficult for them. And they began to cry out to God. When, when things are difficult for you, cry out to God, amen? And the Bible says God heard their cries coming up. So he found a man that he could trust. His name was Moses. And so he began to speak to Moses. So Moses went and challenged Pharaoh. And he challenged him by saying, let my people go that they might serve me, that, that they would serve the true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Pharaoh kept hardening his heart. And the, God sent plagues on, on Egypt. And Pharaoh kept hardening his heart even more. And finally, the Lord spoke to Moses. And he said, say to the children of Israel, for them to get ready to leave. After the, four, the 400 years was almost up. And he told them things like this. Every father, every head of a household, get a lamb. Now, we know that there were at least 600,000 fathers. And there were over a million people. And they had multiplied from 70 to over a million. And so 600,000 lambs is a, is a lot of lambs. So everyone was to get a, an unblemished, a perfect lamb for each household. And, and then as the sun went down, they were to kill the lambs. And then take the blood and dip some uh, hyssop in it and uh, put it over the doorway of each house. And so as each father did this, the Lord told them that they were to kill the Passover, put the blood over the doors, and eat, eat all of the flesh after they roasted the lamb and eat all of it. And God told them to do this also with bitter herbs, with unleavened bread that hadn't risen yet, and he said, gird your loins, keep your clothes on, and get ready to move out. He said, keep your sandals on. So on this night, which he called the Lord's Passover, God said he would judge all the gods of Egypt. But when he saw the blood, he would pass over those families that were under the covering of the blood. So the families did it. And the Bible says on that dark and terrible night, there was a light in every household of the Jewish people. So they did it. The Lord said, tell your children 
They told their children, said, tell your children's children, and do it as an everlasting ordinance. So that's what I'm doing today. <laughs> I'm telling you about the Lord's Passover. And so they did what they were told. And in the Bible, it's called the Passover sacrifice of the Lord. And it's a, it says the people bowed and obeyed and did it and worshiped. And God had said, said to the, the, the false gods of Egypt, let my people go that they might serve me. He was promising them a deliverance from slavery, slavery into serving the true God. And so that night they slaughtered the Passover. They ate the lamb. They put the blood over the doors. They ate the unleavened bread, matzah. They ate the, the bitter herbs. And they went to bed. I'm not sure if they slept very well. Because they were all wearing their clothes, to, their traveling clothes. They had their sandals on. And maybe the kids fell asleep. Maybe some of the fathers were looking out, wondering what was going to happen. And as it became midnight... All of a sudden, all over Egypt, you could hear Pharaoh screaming. You could hear Egyptian families screaming. The death angel had passed through Egypt and killed all the firstborn sons of, of the people of Egypt. It must have been a horrible sound with, with people shrieking in agony. And at that moment, the ancient prophecy came true. 400 years later, over a million people went out of Egypt at midnight. They took the unleavened bread with them. They traveled as families. Over a million people from bondage to abundance, from slavery to serving the true God. And on this Wednesday night, April 12th, 2006, all over Israel, all wherever Jews live, in Europe, in China there are some, they're, they're all over the world, the Jewish people, each family, will gather at the Seder table. And they will tell, the, the father will tell the ancient story of how our people came out of slavery, how Pharaoh chased them, how we came to the Red Sea. And God said, what are you waiting here for? Walk into it. Moses took his rod of authority. The sea opened. And over a million people went from slavery into serving the true God. On, on the other side of the Red Sea, they worshiped the Lord. They sang that he is, is awesome in praises. They sang, O say, Fele, he is doing wonders. Hallelujah. Miriam danced with her tambourine. And they rejoiced in the great deliverance of the Lord. And it's the story of Passover. And for centuries, as the children of, uh, of Israel came into the Canaan land, they would forget the Passover. They wouldn't do it. They would fall into sin. They would get entangled with other gods. But every, every couple of hundred years, a, a man of God would, would arise. 
The last one was a man named Josiah. And he restored the word of God in Jerusalem. And just Josiah celebrated the Passover. He gave 30,000 lambs to the fathers, each for a household. And so on Wednesday, all over Israel, all over the world, people will gather at the Seder table. They will read the ancient story. They will tell the children. They will hide the afikoman, one of the pieces of matzah. The children will go and try to find it. Orthodox Jews, religious Jews will leave an empty chair for the prophet Elijah because they know the Bible said Elijah's coming. We know that we can have the spirit and power of Elijah today, amen, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what is this festival of freedom really all about? Just an old story? So we're looking at Isaiah 53. I'd like you to read with me verse 6. Shesh. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now we know this is about the Messiah. Every one of us was like a sheep that had gone astray. Every Arab in this place, every Jew in this place, every Gentile in this place, we were all sheep that had gone astray. But here it says, God would lay the sin of all of us on the Mashiach. And look at verse 7. It says, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. It was prophesied that the Messiah would become our Passover lamb. He would open not his mouth, and he would be led as a lamb to the slaughter. Centuries later, well, first of all, let's look at verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He, was put, he put him to grief. When you, see, when you make his soul an offering for sin, you shall see, he shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days. It says that he shall see his seed. After he was cut off, after the Mashiach, the Passover lamb, took our sins and died. It says here he's going to see his seed. Of course, he was raised from the dead. And who are his seed? What is his seed? Zerah. It's the offspring of the lamb. The descendants of the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lord says here in his word, that the Messiah was going to become the Passover lamb. He would die for our sins, take our sins upon him. He would see his seed. And those that receive his perfect gift, we become the children of God. The descendants of the Passover lamb. Glory to God. Centuries after that first Passover, hundreds, thousands of years, 3,500 years, the people of Israel again had fallen into darkness, fallen into sin, but there was always a godly remnant waiting for the Mashiach. All of a sudden, a man named Yochanan John exploded out of the desert and be began preaching that the kingdom of God was at hand. 
A man named Yeshua, his cousin, went down there to the Jordan where John was. And John looked at Yeshua and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The messenger, the vo voice in the desert, the forerunner said, There's the Messiah. A few years later, after John was dead, the scripture says, that as Yeshua went to celebrate his last Pesach, his last Seder, his last Passover in Jerusalem, the scripture says that there came the day of the unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. The, histor the historian Josephus, who was alive then and recorded what was happening, he wrote that over 250,000, a quarter of a million lambs, were slaughtered at Passover at the temple on that Passover. As Yeshua came to Jerusalem, he told his men to go prepare a room for this Passover Seder. And he says with these very uh, strong words, he says, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. He told Judas to leave. Judas went out into the night. After Judas left, the Lord told 11 disciples the deepest things that the human ears, human ears had ever heard. That the Holy Spirit was going to come and be able to live in us. And that he had to go so that the Holy Spirit could come. And then as they, sell, as they ate their matzah, we assume they ate a lamb as they dipped their bitter herbs and ate them. Maybe Yeshua or one of them told the Passover story. And then as they were nearing the end of the meal, he took one of the cups, the cups we drink at Pesach. Maybe it was the cup we call salvation. Kos Yeshua. He took it and he held it up and he looked at his men. They all had their cup. And he said, this is the new covenant in my blood shed for you. The men probably looked at him. 250,000 lambs were being slaughtered. The blood must have run down into the Kidron Valley. Each family was bringing a lamb. The priests were slitting the throat of the lamb and catching the blood. It was bloody, this Passover. But here in this upper room, a man named Yeshua took the cup and said, this is the new covenant in my blood shed for you. Yeshua's blood was shed that you and I might share in his life. Now, there's power in blood. Your life is in your blood. If you cut your wrists and, and you didn't stop it, you would bleed to death. And nat natural blood, natural blood has red cells. You know what these cells do? They, they're going through your body all the time. And they're looking for toxins, poisons. They actually take these poisons, bacteria, and they take them to organs 
which will then eliminate them. It's one of the miracles of the human body. Your blood, even though we don't know it's happening, is continually being cleansed. Yeshua then says, my blood will be shed for the covering of sins that we might be cleansed. Turn to Psalm 22 for a moment. As they finished the Seder, as they finished the meal, as they ate the lamb, as he instituted the new covenant in his blood, the men didn't know it then, but you and I know. All these lambs, millions of lambs, since the days the children of Israel came out of Egypt, everyone, every drop of blood pointed to Yeshua, the Messiah, when he fulfilled the Passover and became our Passover lamb. In Psalm 22, this is an amazing prophetic psalm that God gave King David. And the first line of it is this. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We, knew, we know that after the Passover meal, they sang a hymn. Maybe they sang, Kito. Well, I don't know what they sang, but maybe they sang the, the Passover song that Moses sang. And on the way to, to, to the Mount of Olives, to Gethsemane, they, Yeshua stopped. He, he looked at a, a vine, a, a grapevine. He said, I'm the true vine. You're the branches. He was telling his 11 men. Everyone else was eating the Passover, celebrating all over Jerusalem. And he said, without me, you can do nothing. They, he had told them that he was going to leave. They probably wonder, what is he talking about? It's Passover. But he was saying, my life is going to flow through you men. So you know what happened? Brut uh, um, um, Judas came. They took, they took Yeshua. And the next day they crucified him. And as he, as he was dying on the tree between the two thieves, out of the Messiah's mouth, came these words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The father was cutting himself off from the son. And Yeshua was quoting Psalm 22. He knew all about Psalm 22. He knew all about Isaiah 53. Listen, he lived to die. That's why he came. You can't say that about anybody else. He lived to die for me and for you. And he knew it. And he came anyway. So look at verse 3. In Hebrew, it's Arba. Yeah. You are holy and throned on the praises of Israel. This great word that we sang today. He's dying on the tree, taking the curse of sin and the law on him. And he's talking about how people are going to praise the Father. 
Look at verse 14. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. Doctors have written for centuries that this is a medically accurate description of what happens to a man nailed to a tree. In verse 16, he says, they've pierced my hands and my feet. Verse 18, they divide my garments among them. All of these scriptures were fulfilled as our Messiah, the Passover lamb, died for the world. And as he hung there and died for you and me. Look at verse 21 and 22. You have answered me. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. As he died for us, he said, I'm coming back. I know I'm going to be raised from the dead. And all over the world, I'm going to come into the midst of assemblies like this, and I'm going to praise the Father with you. This is what the Passover is all about. He's the Lamb of God. And he knew it. And he knew you and I would be here today. And he knew people from Finland and Germany and Arabs and Jews and Gentiles and Russians and Ukrainians and Germans and people from Holland would all be worshiping him and he would be in here worshiping with us. Look at it, it says, verse 23. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, fear him. All you offspring of Israel. Won't it be wonderful when our whole nation fulfills this scripture? But look at verse 25. My praise will, shall be of you in the great assembly. Verse 26. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Hallelujah. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. If you would only seek him, you will find him. That's how we met him. Hallelujah. We were looking for truth. And it's going to sweep the whole nation. Imagine throngs of Jews and Arabs worshiping God together. And it's not just Jews and Arabs that Yeshua was thinking about on the cross. Look at verse 27. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. He was saying that to himself as he died for you and me. Hallelujah. Verse 30. A seed, Zerah. A seed, a posterity, shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the, to the next generation. That's us. Let my people go that they might serve me. The Lord wants your chains to fall off, not just so that you know him, but you can serve him. Ser service begins by praising him. That's what the priest did. And look at the last verse. This will, they will come. They will declare righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done this. That's what I'm declaring to you. He has done this. He's the Passover lamb. When you sit at your table, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world should be the center of everything. Because you and I are the family of the Lamb. Yeshua sent 70 people out. And he said, I send you as lambs, sheep among wolves. There are wolves out there. 
But we are to go with the love of the Lamb of God. He's the Lamb, but we're the little lambs. We're the army of the Lamb. Turn to Revelations chapter 5. Now, Yochanan, John, the Shaliach Yochanan, was at that Pesach, Revelations chapter 5. John was at that Passover meal. In fact, the scripture said he laid his head upon the heart, the breast of Yeshua. John knew Yeshua probably as well as anybody, except maybe he and Peter. So John was there that terrible night. John knew the Passover story. John knew that Yeshua was killed as all the Passover lambs were being killed. John had breakfast with him, eating fish on the Sea of Galilee long after, a few days after Yeshua was raised from the dead. And John lived to be a very, very old man. All the other disciples had been martyred for their faith as the gospel went all over the Roman world. But one day, John was in the Spirit. Hallelujah. I hope you're in the Spirit today. I hope you're in the Spirit every day. Walking in the Spirit, not in the flesh. You know, I, I was telling uh, Karen, this week I, I, I had meetings like every day. And I didn't find the time I usually have to spend with the Lord. And I told her, I need to get, I can, need to hack out some time so I can be alone with God. So hallelujah, I got some time last night. I got up early this morning, before dark, I mean before daylight. And, and you know what happened as I sat with the Lord? I had the tangible experience of the love of God. I don't know how to describe it. His love, and I just felt love was coming out. And there was no, uh, she wasn't even up yet. My cat was there, but I can't explain the love of God to him. And I went out on the tiellet and just sat in the love of God. That he loves me and, and I can love other people. And the Lord spoke to me about this song and uh, about the Lamb of God. I came back and said, we need to sing this. But, so I know him. And I hope you know him. But fight for your time with him. Now, John had walked with him for three and a half years. Yeshua had breathed on him and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He had eaten, eaten meals with the risen Savior. He was there on the Mount of Olives when Yeshua went back to the Father. And Yeshua's last words were, wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power. And you shall be my witnesses from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. So John knew him. But this day he was in the spirit. And he, the Lord gave him this awesome heat galut, revelation of who the risen Yeshua is. And as you look at this, he's in the spirit. He's seeing what's happening in heaven. And John starts to weep. Because there are all these scrolls there. 
And nobody is able to open these scrolls about what's going to happen about the word of God. And as John is weeping, he hears an angel or the voice of the Lord. And look at verse 6. And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. John, who knew the Lord so intimately, sees into heaven, and the centerpiece of heaven. Maybe on your table, you put a centerpiece of flowers. We do. Maybe you do. The centerpiece of heaven is the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He's the Passover Lamb. And John sees this. The 24 elders see it. And the only thing you could do was fall on your face. He still has the wounds. This glorified, this glorified Messiah, the Lamb, and John sees this. And as he sees it, they all fell down before, before the lamb. And they started, they had harps and they started praying. And they started worshiping. And look at verse 12. The only thing they could sing, worthy is the lamb. say, Worthy is the lamb. I think we're going to be singing it for all eternity. The lamb slain for us in, the, in glorified in heaven. And they, they fall down again. And it says, look at verse 13. Every creature was in heaven and on earth and under the sea. They all started singing. It's like heaven is singing and the earth is singing back and forth. And it's all about the lamb. It's the song of a lamb. That's what heaven is singing. And look what the song says in verse 13. All the attributes of God. Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the 24 elders fell down again. The, the glory of this gospel that he came to die for you and me. And he's glorified in heaven as the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb. And for all eternity, as we serve him, as we worship him, we will always see those wounds and realize that he redeemed us. He purchased us with his blood. We sing a song the angels can't sing. They weren't redeemed. I think when the angels began to understood this, they probably turned to each other and said, wow. He's, he's redeeming all these human beings. But heaven's centerpiece is a glorified, wounded lamb. Hallelujah. Now God says to us, in Ezekiel 36, don't, don't turn there, we don't have time. He says, I will multiply their men on the mountains of Israel like a sacrificial flock. He's talking about the lambs from Bethlehem, where they were raised, where, where they would come to be killed in the, in the temple. You and I are called to be a holy flock, to be like the lamb. 
sacrificial people, to be lamb-like. He says, pray the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers into the harvest field. Behold, I send you out as lambs or sheep among wolves. We're supposed to be the lamb's army here on the earth. Look at Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. Here's some characteristics of the lamb's army, the followers of the lamb. Verse 11. They overcame him with the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even to death. This army of the lambs, this family of the, of the lamb, we overcome with the blood of the lamb. We confess our sins to one another, and his blood continually cleanses us. And we, lo we don't love our lives, we love him. And the... This army of the Lamb, they will be blameless. They will be innocent. They will, without spot, without blemish, the way he is. And we're his children. He's the head and we're the body. Look at chapter 17, verse 14. These will make war with the Lamb. The Lamb will overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords. And the king of kings and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. The lamb and his army are in a war. The, the enemy's coming against us. But those that stay close to the lamb will overcome him as the lamb overcomes. Overcome the enemy. They're called. They're choice ones. They're people sold out for God. They're faithful. They're finishers. You young people, if you're faithful with a little, he will give you more. And he wants you to be faithful with that, then he will give you more. This is the overcoming army of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. They will have his spirit. The spirit of holiness will rest in them. They will be conformed to his likeness. They will be coming more like Yeshua day by day, week by week, month by month. Because the scripture says we died and our life is hidden with Messiah and God. The scripture says that we have been crucified with Messiah. It's no longer I who live. Messiah lives in me. That's what Paul told the Galatians. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Hallelujah who loved me and died for me. That's the gospel. And as we, uh, as we grab this, get, get a hold of this, we become the army of the Lamb. You can do it in the Israeli army. Yoni, you can do it in the Israeli army. Those of you that are in the, in the Israeli army, you can walk this walk in the Israeli army. Blameless before the throne of God. Hallelujah. You know, this study of the Lamb, I advise you to go home, take Revelations this, this week, and just re read about the Lamb. Is your name written in the book of life? Whose book is it? It's the Lamb's book of life. Our names may be written in there with his blood. I don't know, but it's his book because he purchased us. Hallelujah. Now, look at Revelations chapter 19. It gets better. 
after God shows after God shows John all about the the battle of the lamb against the dragon and the beast if you're on the lamb's side we win amen we're going to win get on make sure you're on the right side and it gets better it quiets down in heaven <laughs> And all of a sudden, John starts hearing all these millions of people going, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What's going on? And he says, he keeps saying he doesn't have any words. He said, it's like many waters. I don't know how to say it, but it's just all these tongues and tribes. And he says, and it sounds like mighty thundering, wham, boom. And he's wondering, probably wondering, what is this all about? Look at verse 6. It says, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Isn't this wonderful? This great victory shout. But listen, listen, it gets better. It's all preparation for the crowning event. The crowning event of creation. The wedding supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. That's, it's like this is the overture to the lamb walking in. Look at verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice. Wasn't it good to be glad and rejoice today? We need to know the joyful sound. That's what our people need. The political situation is hopeless. The Palestinians need Yeshua and our nation needs Yeshua. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Here, all these people shouting, <laughs> sounding like oceans and sounding like thunder. In verse 7, he says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. Who's his wife? You know, you're called to be the bride of the Lamb without spot or wrinkle. That's his bride. That's what this is all about. He came to find a bride. And we're going, if you really love him and you really want to walk with him, we're going to the wedding supper. Verse 8. And to her, the bride, it, it was given. It's a gift. It was given to be arrayed with fine linen. Clean, bright, dazzling, radiant. Not, not this. <laughs> to, to put on dazzling white garments. I don't know how we're going to look at each other, but we'll have glorified eyes, so I guess we can. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Verse 8. God gives us his righteousness. He imputes it to us. He gives it to us. But we are his workmanship created for works he wants us to do before the foundation of the world. In the Greek, it means poem. You're his poem. You're his work of art. And he wants to mold you so that, that you do the things that he's wanted you to do from the beginning of the world. And when you do them, you have this incredible robe that is dazzling. You, we've done what you asked us to do. 
I tried to imagine John seeing all this. <laughs> and maybe he, he was so overwhelmed, it was like the Lord tapped him on the shoulder and said, now write this. Look at verse 9. Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Pesach, Passover, it's a shadow, not only of the death and resurrection of Yeshua, but it all points to the marriage supper of the Lamb. He's the Passover Lamb for all eternity. We will dine with him. We will serve him. We will worship him. We will be his bride. We'll have perfect unity and union with him. And we're all invited to this great wedding supper of the Lamb. Look at chapter 22. Verse 22. John gets this awesome vision of the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. He, descri he describes it, Revelations 22, verse 22. 21. There's no temple in it. The new Jerusalem has no temple. Why? For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. The Lamb's the temple. He's who will be worshiping. The Lamb with his bride. There's no lights. We won't have to worry about Hashmal. Why? Verse, you won't have to worry about the sun and the moon. They're not going to shine. Lama. For the glory of God will illuminate it, and the Lamb is its light. He's the Passover Lamb. He will write our names in the Lamb's book of life. He's, wa he's waiting for his bride to have the wedding supper of the Lamb. He's the light. He's the temple. He's everything. Hallelujah. Now look at verse 27. There shall by no means enter in anything that defiles. Nothing that defiles is going to be allowed into this new Jerusalem and this wedding or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Brothers and sisters, friends, if there's sin in your life, you need to ask him to remove it. Otherwise, you can't come to the wedding. Yeshua told the story of the king coming to the wedding and all the guests were there in their beautiful white gowns. But there was one fellow there that had a dirty robe on. And the king said, how did he get in here? And the man was speechless. He didn't have anything to say. We live in the grace of God where he's longing for his bride to allow him to sanctify her so that he can have pure, perfect fellowship with us now and for all eternity. Look at chapter 22, verse 1. He showed me. John was seeing all of this. 
He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. And this river is for the healing of the nations. And this river is here today. The river of the Holy Spirit is in this place. The river has been washing over those people who want to get in the river. And don't just get into your ankles or to your knees. Let's get in there completely. That we're abandoned to God. That we're desperate for more of Him. And look what it says. Verse 3. There shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of His Lamb shall be in it. And His servants shall serve Him. Let my people go. That they might serve me. This is what Passover is all about. It's a wonderful family time, but it's about the lamb slain before the foundation of the world and our destiny. Those that want to be his bride is the wedding supper of the lamb. Hallelujah. Look at verse 17. The spirit and the bride say, come, let him who hears come. Let him who thirsts come, whoever desires, let him come and take of the water of life freely. With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you. That's what he said to his 11. And that's what he says to us today. The river of life comes through the lamb. The river cleanses. His blood cleanses. His blood covers. The river is the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Get filled again, even if you're filled. Keep getting filled over and over. It's the power of God. It's the love of God. It's walking in the supernatural. That's what we need. That's what our nation needs. That's what Germany needs. That's what Europe needs. The river of God. We're called to be in the army of the Lamb. Now, if you need a touch from God, if you're thirsty for more of Him, if you really want to lay down any stumbling block in your heart, the Holy Spirit's talking about marriages. If your marriage isn't the way it should be, your, mar your marriage is supposed to be a, a, a forerunner of the marriage supper of the Lamb. If, you're, if you're, you are a single person and you have uh, felt uh, struggles, you're his bride. He's your husband. Hallelujah. So if the Lord is speaking to you, just get out of your chairs and come on up here. Now, la mode. Let's stand. It's time to get right with God. Come all the way up. Make room for everybody. Come closer. Just come on up. Don't worry about anybody looking at you. If you, if you don't know Yeshua, just come up and ask him to reveal himself. If the Holy Spirit has put his finger on anything in your heart you know needs to be cleansed, 
If you're desperate for more of God, you, you haven't been spending enough time with him, he's here. It's all grace. It's all love. He died for you. He died for me. That we might have his character. Hallelujah. It's the great transformation. It's the great exchange. You give him your life. And you receive his life. Hallelujah. Let's worship him now. And just wait on the Lord. Shut in with Yeshua. Look at Yeshua, not me. You might want to close your eyes. Tell him you love him.